Hello everybody, this is Michelle here. So, as promised, I am going to give you some more information on the four developmental tasks that we've been talking about. So, a couple days ago I did the intro, told you what the four were, and that I would give kind of a breakdown uh, of each one throughout the rest of the week. So, just so you know, this is like the very tippy, tippy top of the iceberg that I'm going to share with you today. So um, today we are talking about that. If you remember, I gave you the four drawings. This one is the heart um, symbolizing bonding and attachment. So I'm going to give you uh, some information today. If there's anything that I talk about that you're like, ooh, I want to know more about that. As always, please feel free to email me at Michelle at growby1.com or connect with us on any one of our social media sites and just say, hey, I want you to talk more about this, okay? And then I will put that in the schedule for our podcast. Okay, so just as a reminder, there are four developmental tasks that when you master these, or at least can identify the ones that you struggle with the most and start yourself on a growth plan, that you can become uh, not only a successful person, but you, you can have a very rich and full life. So if you'd like to know more about these, there's a great book out there by one of my favorite authors, uh, Dr. Henry Cloud, just like cloud in the sky. Um, and he wrote the book, Changes That Heal. Uh, for those of you who follow my work, you also know that he's also the writer of Boundaries for Leaders. So he's an excellent resource if you really want to understand more about uh, mindset and production. Okay, so I'm going to give you an overview of bonding and attachment, kind of tell you what it is. I'm going to talk about some benefits. Uh, I'm going to uh, share some barriers to developing this. Um, some symptoms, some things that, that show up, whether it be in you or in others, and then some tips, some skills that you could work on. So when we talked about this before, we said that everybody has at least one of these that they're really low in. Most people have more than one that they're low in. And so as we're going through, you're supposed to be kind of identifying for yourself, which ones do you struggle with? Okay. Some of these you're going to know right away and others you're going to wonder. Uh, I remember when I was going through this, um, man, this, this one bonding and attachment really got to me and I'll share some examples as we go through. So I just say that because somebody is probably going to listen to this and go, Ooh, man, am I screwed up? No, 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 you're not screwed up, okay? I'm just going to show you the things that you could backtrack and become even more successful at, okay? So what is bonding and attachment? Well, it's, it's the idea of having an emotional, a positive emotional attachment with another person, okay? It's, it's a deeper level of understanding and awareness inside a relationship, so if you think about it, it's your ability to talk about your dreams, your fears, your feelings without having fear of being rejected. Okay. So, uh, for example, when I was a child, my, my parents did the very best they could with what they knew and what they had. Okay. So I'm not putting them down in, in any way. Um, however, 
they had the belief that children were not supposed to be seen or heard. That if you had a feeling, first of all, you're not supposed to have feelings, and if it somehow slipped out, then you would be punished for letting your feelings out. Okay, so, so when that kind of thing happens to you when you're a child and you don't know any better, you're forming your idea of yourself, others, and the world, right? So you are um, unconsciously kind of accepting this idea that feelings are not good to share. And so when that happens, you can take that belief with you all the way through your adulthood. Now, having feelings and sharing feelings and talking in this more intimate level is actually a basic human need. Okay, so if you're denying this need, it's going to show up somewhere else. And if you don't have this kind of a positive connection with another person, what you get is uh, considered sickness of the soul. Okay, and it can also show up in bodily form as well. Basically, without these positive attachments, we cannot become our true self. Okay? And I know this to be true because in my life, um, up until probably about 15 years ago when I started really delving deep into um, personal development for myself, that, that I realized, ooh, there's something quite just missing here. And so over time, I've had to find what I term my safe people. Who are my safe people? And, and uh, you know, what am I going to talk to them about, right? And really practice becoming more vulnerable with other people. Now, notice I didn't say become vulnerable with all people. Okay, this is really important. I know when we get to the tips, I'll share this too. But it's really important that if you are a person that you know this is an area that you struggle in, don't tell yourself every person is a safe person. Find one or two people to practice this with. Okay. Now, when we are in need, um, others can't help us if we don't admit it. Okay. So, so what happens is if you have this belief of, you know, don't ask for help because I, you know, I'm going to get hurt or injured or, or somebody's going to yell at me because I asked for help. Well, then you're not going to do it. Right. And then you kind of become an isolated little island. And you may be very successful in certain things. Uh, you can only go so far if you can't ask for help. Does that make sense? All right, so let me share some benefits of, of really kind of working on, on this area. So first of all, bonding and attachment is the basis for all morality. So... Many people think that, uh, you know, the law of the land is what keeps people from doing things that are against the rules, right? When in reality, if you think about it, love helps you stay away from those areas more than the rules do. See, you, when you love someone, you want to do right by them, Okay. When you love somebody, truly love somebody and have that deeper uh, relationship and positive attachment with them, you're not going to lie, steal, cheat, or murder. That, that just makes sense, right? Yeah, but if you don't have those deeper relationships with other people, the only thing keeping you from hurting another person is the rule of law. Okay? So, so I'm just going to 
posit this, that if we all had good, strong attachments with others, we wouldn't need so many laws. Okay. Also, when you have these relationships, your ability to handle stress is, uh, you know, it's greater. You have more resiliency in your life. You can handle the problems that life throws at you because you've got people around you who are helping you. And, and when you have positive relationships, your accomplishments mean something. So it's not just uh, checking the box, I've got this done. There's significance and meaning there. So let me give you an example. You know, um, for those of you who are parents or who have small children around you or have ever been at a park or a swimming pool with children, you know this happens. So a child, you know, a very small child will, you know, come down the slide by themselves and say, look, mom, look, mom, look, mom, right? And, you know, we're coming up on the summer season here where I live and my children will be home. And I know I'm going to hear that at least a thousand times this summer. Look at me, watch me, right? Well, the reason why children do that is because they're out there, they're taking a risk, trying something new. Uh, and when they say, look at me, watch me, that's them wanting that relationship with you again. Hey, did you see what I just did? Isn't that awesome? I took this risk and I was great at it. Okay. Now it seems silly when they do it over and over and over again, but really what they're doing is they're telling themselves, regardless of how far I go and what I try, however risky it might be, I know somebody is always going to be there for me if something should happen. So think about that. Um, if, if you send your, your son and daughter off to, to college, you want to know that they can take risks, be successful, and that you're always going to be there for them, right? I know I do. And so when there, you have this positive relationship, there's people that you can fall back on if you need them. Okay? And, and this positive bonding is actually very addictive, that the more you have, the more you want. Um, so I, I just want to take a moment here and have you think about on a scale of one to 10, knowing what I've just shared with you is, you know, what, what bonding and attachment is and all the benefits with, with one being, um, yeah, I don't have any positive relationships and 10 being, man, I am so blessed. Everybody in my life, I have a great relationship with. What would be your number? So I, I would just say to you that if it's a number that is one through seven, you've got some work to do. Okay. Um, an eight, nine or 10 is actually pretty good. Yeah. There, there's some, some, uh, things there that you could work on. However, remember we've got three other ones that I'm going to explain this next week. And so if you score a really high one on this one, congratulations. And I want you to listen to the next three, okay? If you scored low on this one, it's okay. Whatever your number is, is just fine, okay? And I want you to continue listening to the other three because one of two things is gonna happen. Either you're gonna find that you're low in that area too, but they are connected, so you'll see why, or you'll find that you scored really high in that one and, and it's gonna boost you up. Okay. All right. So let me talk to you about some barriers to creating this positive bonding and attachment. 
So the first one is just a past injury. So when you're thinking about those first caregivers in your life, whoever that might be, parents, grandparents, aunts and uncles, people in your community, um, remember they give us that impression of how the world is supposed to work. Now, they're doing the best they can with what they have and what they know. I believe all parents do that. Some parents just don't have a lot and they don't know a lot. Okay, and so if you've had those past injuries, you kind of take those with you. Um, abuse and neglect can really foster issues of abandonment in any relationship. Um, criticism. So if somebody says something to you, gives you feedback, you think they're criticizing you. Um, hatred, even resentment just for existing. Right. Those are pretty, pretty harsh and, and tough terms. Uh, but they really create these limiting beliefs about yourself, okay? They tell you you're less than, or when you try to take a risk, you know, there's nobody there that really helps support you in your risk in your early childhood. So when you try to do that, you know, go back to school, start a new job, even start a new diet, the first thing that comes to you is this thought of fear of all the reasons why you couldn't, Okay. And then it also gives you a distorted view of other people and how relationships are supposed to work. And most of us, for a good majority of the time, we don't even realize this is happening. We're not even aware that it's going on. So you might look at something in, in your relationship, let's say with your spouse and go, oh, we just had a fight. I know there's something there, but yet you don't know why. You don't know how that just happened. Right. And then you not only have the fight, but maybe afterwards you have that fear of abandonment or criticism or even hate or resentment. And that's been a pattern throughout your life, but you don't know why. Okay. Um, we also develop defense mechanisms. So in order to keep us safe, we have developed this belief over time. And there's actually four of them that are pretty typical. So the first one is just denial. You know, if somebody comes to you and says, hey, man, you know, this this thing here is, is wrong. You just outright deny it. Right. Um, or devaluation. So if you make one mistake, you you look at yourself and you call yourself a, a failure. Right. Or you don't see the value in yourself. Okay, because you didn't have people in your early childhood who were speaking life and blessing into your, your heart. And so you don't think that that's a possibility for you. And so even when you do something really, really cool and amazing, you don't see the value of yourself. And hey, guys, if, if you're, you know, you're starting to go, oh, Michelle, I don't know if I can take much more. <laughs> you know, you kind of are stabbing me in the heart. I'm right there with you. Honestly, this is a road that I've been traveling for many years um, because of my early experiences. Yeah, I'm right there. And I've been challenged. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Last week when I was um, in Paraguay with John Maxwell, uh, John and, and several other people really challenged me to um, start valuing myself much more than I do. I'm all about serving and helping other people. However, Sometimes I got to take care of myself too. Okay. So uh, a couple other defense mechanisms. One is just projection, right? So that's where you look at somebody when they say or do something and you kind of put your perspective on that. 
when in reality that's how you think about that thing. That's not how they think. Okay. Um, and then the last one is just reaction. Like you react most of the time in anger or in some negative circumstance or behavior because um, you're just primed for that. Okay. Now, can you see how these things would develop in a person who was not cared for when they were young? See, it, it's, it's really important to understand this, not only for yourself, but remember, we're, we're trying to understand other people that we live with, work with, and serve with as well. That when you see people who are um, denying, devaluing, projecting, and reacting, I want you to start asking yourself, which one of these four tasks did they not get the help in early childhood? Because that's going to key you into how could you help? Now, we're not talking about fixing them at all. We're talking about helping. Okay. Because when you see that there is a need, um, you know, humans, when they see that um, there's a, a need, typically we want to help fill that need. Right. But when you just see that somebody's being a jerk, you typically want to push their buttons back, right? So do this as your self-assessment and also, you know, how does this fit in with the people that you're, you're around as well? Okay, so let me share some symptoms. Um, depression, isolation, addiction, emptiness, sadness, panic, rage, living in a fantasy, okay? Do you know these people? Okay. I want you to recognize these for what they are, that they're calls for help. That's their, their small inner child saying, I never got this when I was a kid. I, I'm feeling lonely right now. I don't understand that I'm lonely, but I am. Or I don't understand why I'm so empty or sad, but I am. Because their heart is wanting, longing to be connected to another person. And they don't know how. Okay. So for those of you who, who score really high on this self-reflective uh, piece on this one, think about all of the, the wonderful opportunities that you had in your family and maybe your school and growing up where you learned how to have those great relationships. And think about what your life might be like without that. Okay. See, we've got a ton of hurting people walking around in this world who don't even realize they're hurting. Some do, but some don't. Or they don't understand why they're hurting. They just know that they are. And they're reacting out of that hurt. When in reality, it's one of these four tasks or more than one that, that they could use a little help with. Okay. All right. And then let, let me give you some tips. Um, some skills that you can work on. So the first one is just realizing that you have a need in this area, right? Just realizing, hey man, I didn't get what I needed. All right, this is going to be an area I need to work on. Um, another one is to go towards others, no matter how difficult. So I don't know about you, but I've learned over time, I can uh, avoid conflict at all costs, <laughs> right? I, I'm not a fighter. Um, I am more of a, a, a flight person and, and a freeze person. Um, but over time I've had to 
walk towards others, even in conflict, knowing that ultimately what I want is that positive relationship and connection. Okay. Um, and be vulnerable, right? Um, this really opens up your heart to another person. And that's why I say find your safe people because you want to practice this with somebody you know is going to love you, encourage you, support you. You do not want to practice this with, uh, you know, if you have a person who is a very challenging person in your life, this is not something to practice with them, okay? And let me just throw that out there. If you don't have a person that can love, encourage, and support you, and you want to practice being vulnerable and sharing a little part of yourself, I would more than happy be happy to, to do that with you. You know, we'll just figure out when can you jump on my schedule. We'll have a phone call. Um, but please don't don't say I don't have anybody, so I'm not going to do it. Okay. Um, another thing is to challenge distorted thinking. So this is really about perception. So in any and every situation you go through there, you have a certain perception of what is happening. Um, so for example, my husband and I last night, we were, um, we, we took the kids. It was a lovely night here where we live. We walked down the street to our corner store. We got the kids each a snack. We were coming home and our 12 year old began to kind of walk a really long way ahead of us. Now we could see her the whole time. Right. And so my husband, who is a little more safety conscious, I guess, was having a problem because he said, if anything happens to her, I can't help her. And I looked at it and I said, well, what's going to happen to her? I don't see that anything's going to, we're on a country road, you know, um, we've only had one or two people drive by and you can see her the whole time. And so we had this conversation and it was all, you know, in the different places that we grew up, we had different experiences. We have different perceptions of what's going on. And I eventually had to just say, hey, listen, you know, you see this this way. I see it this way. And I bet that there's probably other ways that we could see this situation. So rather than us getting upset over, you know, I'm right, you're right, you know, somebody's wrong. No, no, let's just look at it as this is a perception and I'm choosing to look at it this way. Okay, so anytime you are having a um, maybe a, an issue with somebody, especially in a relationship, ask yourself, is this a distorted thinking thing? Like how many other ways could a person think about this? And then after you go through your options, you can always choose how you want to think. Okay. And start to recognize your defensive patterns. Okay, so do you deny? Do you devalue? Do you project? Do you react? Just recognize. I'm not saying change anything. All you're trying to do is understand yourself a little bit more. Recognize your own patterns. Um, try some stress relief activities. So for me, I love to go on a walk by myself. Um, sometimes I pray or meditate. Sometimes I'll do yoga whatever is relieving stress. Now there's a couple different ways to look at this. Sometimes people get really stressed out because they're just around people, right? And so in order to, you know, especially if you're an introvert like I am, you need something that's a little more individual and low key. Um, however, 
that can also put you in a place of more isolation. So one thing that I usually do is I, I'll ask myself, okay, what do I really need right now? And whatever answer comes to me in that moment, then I'll act on that. So for example, this morning I had done a string of phone calls and I said, what do I need right now? And I was like, honestly, I need a nap. <laughs> so I took a nap. Um, and I remember two days ago, I was in this place of stress and I said, what do I need right now? And the answer that came to me was, I need a connection. And so I began to look at my, and I actually have made a list out for myself because sometimes when you're in this moment, you forget that there's people out there that are your people. Okay. So I, I started, you know, texting everybody and, and kind of asking, Hey, you got a few minutes to talk. And finally somebody was like, yeah, let's talk. And honestly, it only took about five, 10 minutes in our conversation. And I felt so much better. And I was able to go and, and do whatever else I was working on. Okay. So stress relief doesn't necessarily mean sitting in front of the TV all by yourself, although it can, but just know, am I isolating myself or am I actually getting the connection that I need? Okay. Um, see other people's struggles. Don't dismiss them. Don't just say that person is being a difficult person. Practice empathy. You want to start noticing other people's feelings. See, uh, you know, I was never allowed to have feelings. And if, if something slipped and I showed it, you know, I, I was, I mean, let's, let's be honest. I was beaten. Um, I was spanked quite often. Uh, and so when my children were growing up, I was very attuned. You know, I, I wanted something different for them. And I remember very distinctly when my, my, she's almost 10 now, but when she had just turned five, she was sitting in my lap, uh, my youngest, and we were talking and, and something happened. She, she started talking about something that happened at school. And I just said, wow, you, you sound really frustrated about that. And she paused and she looked at me and she kind of put her, her, both of her hands on, on each side of my cheeks. And she said, mommy, I know you love me. And I said, of course I do. And then I said, well, why would you say that? And she said, mommy, you always know how I feel. And I said, well, how do you know I know how you feel? And she says, cause you tell me. And I gotta tell you in that moment, honestly, as I'm, as I'm telling the story, the hair on my, my arms is, is standing up in that moment. I realized in this one area, I had not only surpassed my, my own parents, but I had far exceeded the goal I set for myself as being their mom. Because in order to say, hey, I noticed this in you, this is the feeling that I see, you have to know what those feelings are. And when you come from early experiences where you don't have this bonding and attachment, you don't typically know what those feelings are. You don't know what they feel like, you don't know how to label them, and you don't know how to see them in another person. So if this is a, an area you struggle with, you're, you're trying to identify what your feelings are as well as the other person's. And if this is that, that task that you're like, yes, I am a master at this one. Awesome. Your job is to notice other people's feelings and show empathy. Your job is not to go around the world and judge people because they are not as good as you. Okay. They didn't get what you got. And so try to give a little bit of what you got earlier in life to them now. Okay. 
And the last thing is really just say yes to life. You know, if you get an invitation to be with other people, even when you don't feel like it, say yes. And when you're there, try to be real, genuine, and authentic. Now listen, you don't want to be the, the Debbie Downer of the party, right? Bringing all your drama. But, but just be real with somebody, okay? And that might mean going out to coffee. And hey, if somebody asks you, especially if they're your safe person, they say, hey, how are you doing? Be honest. That's an invitation to have a connection, Okay, and if you know somebody's having a hard time and they're trying to kind of give you that brush off, just spend a couple minutes and say, no, no, no. Tell me how, how, how are you? Really? Okay. I hope this has been helpful today. I know it has been a ton of information for you. Um, I, I just hope it's given some of you some, some things to think about, not only for yourself, but for other people. Um, listen, we've got three other tasks that I'm going to share with you, and it's going to be a, just as much information each day, okay? So these podcast sessions, you're going to want to uh, make sure that you have them tagged in some way, uh, have all of your notes together, because this is something you're going to want to come back to time after time after time, okay? All right. Awesome. Thanks so much for listening. I truly, truly appreciate it. And we will catch you next time. Bye-bye.